The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Uh, A bigger podcast came in for Phil, one that matches his ambitions. So you're stuck with me, Mark Sandell, for another week. Thankfully, some people have stayed loyal to Stop Hammer Time, most notably the poet dubbed Stanza Lazaridis last week by Mark Webster. Good evening, Jim Grant. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, I am. I'm the Mark Noble of Stop Hammer Time. Loyal, loyal to the to a fault. West Ham through and through. Uh, yeah. Uh, our next guest is also a wordsmith, the Guardian's excellent football writer and all-round top man, Jacob Steinberg. Good evening, Jacob. Good evening. And the man who's writing recently has been mainly on his mock A-level exam papers. Good evening, Ollie Paolo Sandel. Good evening. Now, we've played two games since the last podcast. We've just the one goal to talk about, and that was scored by Mislav Orsic of Dinamo Zagreb. But despite defeat, there was a lot to celebrate that evening with seven academy players featuring, two of whom, Freddie Potts and Keenan Forson, were making their debuts. And the whole of the back four were kids, Longello, Ashby, Alisi and Baptiste. They did well, Jacob, do you think? They did. I mean, it was a difficult game given that Dinamo needed to uh, get at least a point. uh, No, they needed a point to make sure that they got through to the the playoff round. And so they had obviously a lot to play for. A little bit easier for them because the other team in the group ended up losing, I think. But all the same, you know, they knocked out Tottenham last season, didn't they? And the guy who scored, um, Orsic, I think, to get a hat-trick in that game when 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 they beat as well a couple of years ago so a lot of European know-how especially even compared to West Ham's first teams when it's up against the defence of kids you might have expected it to be a little bit more hairy than it was and I think in the first half it was a little bit difficult for them it maybe could have been um, you know could have been 2-0 at half time I think and in the second half not really a lot happened but I was um, and even then you know the the goal itself was obviously a, a wonder strike. That's all it really took to, that's, that's all that cele- uh, separated the sides. And I think that that's pretty encouraging <laughs> for how the kids uh, stepped out and played. I think that um, Longello, I think he looked very promising yeah. left back and got forward really well. A lot of the stuff in the second half came from him. Obviously Ashby created that chance for uh, Perkins in the first half. It looks like he's got a good delivery on him. And the two kids in the, Centre, apart from one little mix-up for um, Alessi, where it was, I think it was Ashby, wasn't it, with him, where it's a bit of just miscommunication. Other than that, looks pretty composed. I thought Baptiste on the ball looked pretty confident bringing the ball yeah. up as well. So, yeah, it was a, it was a nice... You, you said, Jacob, in your piece, you, you just said it then as well, it was a sort of wonder goal. Ollie, was it... It was preventable, that goal, though, wasn't it? Don't you think? Uh, yeah, well, I thought... I think it was Ashby who was who was tight to him at the time, could have been tighter, but it, it's difficult to say it's preventable when it's such a, a, a wonder goal, as as Jacob put it. It's that there's almost nothing you could do about it. Could Yarmolenko not have closed him down a bit? I, I, I thought Yarmolenko stood off him a bit yeah. and then mm. and then belatedly Fornaus tried to close him down. Did it take a slight deflection on yeah, Fornaus? I think so. Did it? I think so. Yeah. I think it hit him. 
in real time. I mean, Moyes um, kind of made the point afterwards, and I think it was directed at Yarmolenko. Don't let the guy do that. Close him down. And yeah. I think Yarmolenko gave um, his teammates both on and off the ball quite a few problems. And you saw yeah. once again why he more or less never plays in the league. Yeah, because the kids, because the kids did not. It seemed to me did not let us down at all. Mm-hmm. But actually, some of the more exper- experienced players, Yarmolenko being one, um, you know, was was Kral was. I wasn't that impressed with Kral on the day. Jim, what did you think? I thought Kral was okay. I, I, I agree with about Yarmolenko. He just didn't look interested. I, I think he, he he just didn't seem. I, mean, I don't know if there's anything going on behind the scenes in terms of transfer. There seems to be constant. Speculation. Didn't the Ukraine coach come out and sort of say he needs to be playing first team football um, and and a lot of stuff about I don't know why he's not getting picked kind of thing. Um, and I think you're you're right, Jacob. I think, I think in, a, in a way the, the Premier League the, the pace and intensity of the Premier League is just is a bit is a bit too much for him. Kind of post that Achilles injury, he never he never kind of came back with the same sort of pace did he after that? I, I felt he's still you know. Got a got a trick in him, a, a good finish in him. You know, you still there's still some quality there, but but uh, not the kind of work rate that that Moy seems to expect. I thought it was an interesting choice. I thought you know, I think it seems proved to be a sound choice to put the back four in as a unit rather than a kind of mi- a spread of young players um, through the team. They've been doing well, obviously playing together in this um, sort of Premier League two. And I agree about, about about the fullbacks. I thought Longella was was great, but I thought Ashby was excellent as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, r- really uh, progressive. I thought both of them. Um, you know, they look like they're 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 useful. Um, you know, first team squad players going going forward. Seems to me. Talking of going forward, Jacob, you made the point that the defence looked really good. We, what, what's our sort of feeling about Sonny Perkins? He comes on. He comes on in the uh, in the, the previous European games at Genk or something. As he came Vienna. on uh, Vienna, sorry, he comes on and then he goes ahead and really say, "There's a lot of hype about him, a lot of love for him on Twitter, and let's give him a go and all of this kind of thing." I know it's hard, one game, a game that we lost, but we, we, how impressed were you with Sonny Perkins? Um, well, I think we as a fan base are crying out for a striker to to come good as well as Antonio because Antonio has sort of been. He's not been his best recently, and I think we're we're, we're desperate for Sonny Perkins to be to be this sort of striker that we need. But he, I I thought he looked out of his depth against uh, Zagreb. I thought his hold up play at times was good, but then his hold up play at times, his first touch wasn't great sometimes. Um, you, what was your stat about him, Jacob? That he was. How old was he? he was, with Mark uh, 196 days old when Mark Noble <laughs> debuted in a 2-0 win over Southend. And I'll be impressed if anyone could say who who scored the goals that night. Oh, God. Yeah. I'll give it some thought. <laughs> 2004. August 2004. August 2004. Yeah. So it could have been a sharing and it could have been a... Um, a Rio Coca or a, could even have been a Defoe, couldn't it? Harewood. It was Harewood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. yeah. Now, I mean, you know, the thing is, uh, with a game like that, do, do we do we learn a great deal? Other, than, I mean, we knew the under twenty threes are top of the league. They've beaten they've beaten Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. They thrashed Arsenal and Man United. 
we knew they were really a really talented bunch. So have we learned anything extra, do we think? Um, I, just, I just thought they that the, the centre-backs looked very composed, decent on the ball. Um, and as I said, I think, the, you know, the, the full-back shot, I agree that Perkins found it difficult. Um, he had moments, but, but, you know, really struggled. It was a little bit isolated at times. Um, and the whole thing had the feel of a friendly, didn't it, really, in terms of its intensity and... Uh, um, you know, and and I think you know, as you say, Jacob. You know, they 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 only needed a point. They got that early goal. Um, they had a few sniffs, but the second half in particular, they just sat on. They were very comfortable, weren't they? Um, Zagreb to sit where they were, and they presumably by then knew the news from Genk that that um, uh, their only other kind of rival for the second place were were out. So you know, it, it, it yeah, just lacked. Uh, um, it just felt like a friendly to me. Well, I think there was overall there seemed to be quite a good vibe. There was a nice feeling that, yeah, you know, yeah. there was is the, the, the posing of pictures with the families and all that kind of thing afterwards yeah. was really, you know, was really something. And it is really weird to watch, you know, Steve Potts' son make his debut, and I can remember Steve Potts's debut. Dan Potts, <laughs> and Dan Potts, of course, that's right. Yeah, Dan Potts. But but as as we know, also being you know coming through and getting into the first team at seventeen, we've we've had sixteen year olds in the modern era who've come into the team and have not. They you know it's not guaranteed a a glittering career at West Ham. Is that I mean Reese Oxford is yeah is well, he's in right, is at Augsburg. Yeah, I know he's doing well, but it doesn't always guarantee you a future at the club that you break through. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, do we think we're going to see them again, uh, Premier League or Leeds in the FA Cup? Do we think we're going to see any of the players? Who do you think is the most ready to come in? Well, I, I'd, I'd imagine probably the fullbacks look the most ready at the moment. Um, it's sort of less of a, I guess it's less of a, um, it's probably less of an important position than centre back, isn't it? Yeah. But at the same time, the issues that you've got at centre back, I don't know if you're going to you would have to think that a centre-back may not have arrived by the start of January. So perhaps one of the um, kids, again, will get a chance against Leeds because you don't want to be playing Diop and Dawson every single week unless you've got, you know, the, the insurance of Cresswell being fit to, to go into a back three as well. Are you not going to really want to put Rice back there, are you, at any stage? So, no, perhaps they'll get a chance in in that game. I think that we could probably all except if, if West Ham don't target the FA Cup this season as, as strongly given what's going on with the centre-backs and also, you know, the, the the fact that the league has become now actually so important for positive reasons and, you know, the fact that still they could potentially as well have a League Cup semi-final around that time as well, um, should that game later this week, um, was it next week? Next week, yeah. yeah I've, I've, um, there's, there's so much football on right now that... Um, that it's even tonight that uh, uh, there are loads of games on even now you sort of lose track of of time of, of when when stuff is yeah. um so yeah i think they they think they all look potentially like they could come in and do do a job in in, in that game and i think that i think Moyes won't won't hesitate i think it's interesting you know i, I cover chelsea on a um mm-hmm. as well at the same time as, as this and if you take someone like um trevor shalabar at the start of the season the start of the summer he thought he was going to leave Chelsea and everybody, nobody had him down as somebody who was going to break into the Chelsea side. Nobody, he'd had good loans, 
I wouldn't say there were special loans in any way, not in the not as eye-catching, say, as, as Mason Mount at, at Derby getting to the playoff final a couple of years ago. Nobody thought he was going to get in. But just due to circumstance of players coming back quite late from, you know, the, the Euros final, um, you know, people like Rhys James and, and, and so on, there's just a little opportunity there during pre-season to impress the manager. It happens, then they don't sign the player that they think they're going to sign from Sevilla. Suddenly what you've got is um, is, is a player who's shown, actually, I can do this. I can come in and impress. And suddenly he's in the, for, you know, he's in the side playing against Juventus and, and Manchester United for the, for the European champions. It just goes to show that there are actually youngsters there who are probably ready to come in at times. And you, sometimes it just takes a chance. You know, we had it with, um, obviously he's not still here, but you had it with Ngakia um, yeah. a couple of years ago who came out of nowhere because all the right backs were injured and he comes in against Liverpool um, and does a really good job. Similarly, you know, we've had it with Ben Johnson as well. So yeah. I, 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 I don't think you want them starting every week, but I'd be optimistic about potentially them coming in here and there. Does it, I mean, you, you, you know the club, you know, better than all of us really, Jacob, in terms of the way that, you know, because you, you, you cover them. Does it make a difference to the atmosphere in a club that you've got Steve Potts running the academy, you've got Kevin Keane running the, uh, a younger age group, you know, Mark Noble's kid is in the academy as well. Does it, does it add to the atmosphere that you know that there is that kind of sense of cont- continuity about a club? Yeah, I think you know, I think you want that sense of community and, and sense of continuity in people who know who know the club and who um, understand the values. And I think that you get that from as long as they're good enough. At the same time, but I think you get that from people who have played for the club and, and played for it for a long time and everything. People, you know, like the ones that you mentioned, as long as they are coaches who are you know, really do get it. I mean, you know, Paul Nevin has no West Ham background, right. but huge influence, isn't he? Um, yeah. Like McKinley and Alan Irvin previously when when he was here and everything. Um, I think it was previously quite disappointing that we didn't hang on to someone like Jack Collison, who... Yeah. Somebody who maybe could have carried on and gone up the, gone up the ladder. So I do think it's important to have that um, to have that understanding of, of of the club, and who knows what Mark Noble's mm. you know uh, ambitions will be once he hopes yeah. retirement. But well, be, yeah. if he wants to coach, then it should be at West Ham. It may not be the case. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. I I, I want. I was going to ask what you think we will we'll cap him in um, with Noble. Um, but uh, even if it's just a sort of, uh, you know, a, 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 a token role initially, I don't know what le- what level he's at in terms of coaching badges and that that kind of thing. But you'd hope that if he's that's what he's working on and that's where he wants to go, the, the club would would accommodate him whilst whilst that was going on. Um, mm. I'm not that sure. kind of sort I think of... he he may not go into it. It may not right. be the case that he goes into coaching. He may go down a different no. route. But if yeah. it does, if it's you know look at the influence that he has. Yes, yeah. indeed. Doesn't mean he'll be a good manager, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he was good on, on Thursday. He was. He, 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 he was always available for a pass, you know, um, dictated things from from our perspective. You know, um, we didn't win Krebin. And I was going to ask you about, um, um, Jacob, what you, what you, what you, how you feel about Vlasic at the moment? Because I, I, I love the sense, you know, that he was kind of, Busy on Thursday, but not you know things didn't really really come off for him. Um, 
how, is there a sort of sense in which the, the, the club feels he's under a lot of fans feel he's underachieving, don't they? Uh, although he's getting kind of scraps of games rather than rather than any decent run. I yeah, mean, he certainly played more, didn't he, at the start when he when he came mm. in? He got the big chance to play, and I think there was quite a lot of optimism that he was just going to be the, come straight in and make an impact straight away. I don't know if potentially the fact that he came at the end of the window from the Russian league has made yeah. an impact on his readiness for the Premier League and the fact that he didn't have a full pre-season with the team, with Moyes. You know, I, 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 obviously at the same time, he does know that he does know England because he played for Everton, but it's still, he has been away playing in Russia, which is a totally different uh, pace of football and everything. Um, you know, when we were out in um, Zagreb for the Dimo game, the, the away game, and chatting to a few Croatian journalists and they were raving about him. They think that he's going to be, you know, absolutely brilliant for them, for, for, the, for the national scene. They said, the guy was saying, and obviously these guys watch a lot of English football because they're, you know, very into it and everything. They were saying, yep, he is a better player than Lingard. Trust, you know, trust me, he will be better than he, you know. Wow. Blimey. His ceiling, where he gets to, it will come there. I think you see little flashes here and there, don't you? You do. Not, I mean that little part. You know, he, that little pass to Suchek the other day that could have been an assist with a better finish. And it's just those moments that can kind of, yeah, your, you know, the way that you're perceived, and then you need a little bit of help from your. Uh, I mean, it does seem, however, to be following a bit of a pattern. There was, there was, you know, Fornell struggled to to pick up the pace and That's get over Ben Rama and, and hit his stride. And you could argue Ben Rama as well. So maybe there is a, you know, he falls into that 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 kind of that kind of pattern. Is it true, Jacob, that that he's been used to playing more as a central attacking midfielder and not really a winger? Or because I've read a couple of places, or whether that's true or not. I, I think I he can play across, and that's part of what was quite attractive to him. And he can yeah. play that kind of false nine role as well, but it's not easy, in, you know, to come in and, and start doing that. Mm. I do. Think, I think that the. I'm not that surprised that it's not quite worked out for him yet um, because of the reasons that you know, I've said before and everything. And also, as you were saying, Fornals and Ben Rama is quite instructive. I think yeah. it takes a bit of time, I think, in a, in a Moyes team. And Moyes does at times tend to hold people back a little bit, doesn't he? And particularly mm-hmm. up front, you know, it, Bowen, Bowen was much quicker, but Bowen, he, he held him back for quite a long time before, uh, before yeah. giving him a start, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it's probably actually Bowen sort of fits, sort of fits the pattern as well in a way. Yeah, um, he's up a level this season, though, isn't he? I, I, I feel in his performances, um, Bowen. I mean, I, I, you know, he, he uh, I thought he was absolutely terrific against Chelsea, and, and um, I, I just think, I just think he, he, we know he's always had that kind of uh, energy um, and and. Uh, and willingness to run, but there's a sort of sense in which he's now getting more confident on the ball and, and taking people on and doesn't give the ball away much, does he? You know, there's a sort of sense in which, you know, when, when it comes to him, he's going to get out of a little knot of players and, and just find someone whether with a simple pass or do something a bit more exciting like he did with Fournau's goal against Liverpool. You know, I, I, I really liked his stuff this, uh, this season. 
Just one thing before we before we leave the Europa League, which thankfully we don't have to bother about again now until March. Um, just the three of you, very quickly, how far do you think we can go? I mean, we've got a lot of those. Not not every single third place Champions League team is going to win their playoff. Yeah, you know there are going to be a few big big teams that have gone out. I mean, realistically, and I know a lot will depend on how fit we can keep the squad between now and March. But realistically, the three of you, how far do you think we could go in it? I think the, the the Champions League teams that have dropped down, and in general, the whole standard of the Europa League this season is is a, a lot higher. Like Borussia Dortmund, uh, Leipzig, uh, Barcelona obviously aren't what they used to be, but still Barcelona. And even from the group stage, Napoli look like a fantastic team at the moment. I think they're uh, challenging with Inter Milan in the Serie. A. But uh, I think specifically with Borussia Dortmund, it will depend if they can keep Haaland fit because I think if if they can keep their full squad fit, they're they're they're, they're probably favourites to win that and and Leipzig as well. Yeah, because it's a surprise they didn't make second or first place in their group, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I've not looked at it carefully, but that seems you know that they they they've dropped a clanger there. Um, of course, Napoli are playing Barcelona, aren't they? I think that's yeah. in the draw. Um, and you quite fancy them to to win that, I think, the way they're playing at the moment. Um, I think a little bit depends on luck of the draw, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And the question of whether or not we want the the high profile, exciting draw straight away, or whether we want to get you know, I don't know, the winner of Sheriff and Braga or something, you know, and save it for and hopefully get through that and save it for a semi final or quarter final or semi final. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about European football, really. I, I, I've been surprised at how good we've been in the tournament, really. I, I was really surprised by, just right from the start, that first game at, um, at Zagreb. I thought we were fantastic in that first half hour uh, and just really, really surprised me. Um, uh, so, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I haven't got much to kind of, kind of go on, really. I, I feel there's a kind of confidence in the team, which is you know on a, on a, across home and away across two legs. We probably fancy having a go at anyone really at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Jacob, what's your what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I don't think they'll win it, but I think they can win it. Um, you know, I was at the in the press box at the Chelsea game. Rob Draper, who's a very good writer and a very good judge of football from the Mail of Sunday, he sort of turned to me and, and said, you know, West Ham would probably beat Barcelona right now, and which is a kind of, and he's not a West Ham fan, Rob. So it's a dispassionate view. Yeah. But he took, and for me, that was like, you know, if I, if I had turned to him and said it, he probably would have thought I was just being, you know, enthusiastic and, and <laughs> my imagination was running wild but to hear it from somebody who you know doesn't really hold a candle for this team yeah, and he yeah. explained it out and he said you know Barcelona for example against any um good essentially Premier League side would not like playing against them he sort of said could you imagine how they might sort of sudden the, the shock they might get against playing a fired up Bowen and Antonio yeah. they're really strong yeah. red set pieces Who's as well nice. Barcelona you know, I'm not saying they would, and potentially, you know, someone like a team like Barcelona, and, and actually, obviously, as you were saying, one of those two might go out, or will go out, Barcelona or Napoli, and they're two of the, probably the favourites. Um, that they, they they just they just might be a bit shocked by playing against uh, us, and I think you, if you just factor in the, the fact that they're capable of taking on 
the three best teams in the Premier League at the moment. They beat themselves yes. and Liverpool. Yeah. And they were, okay, they were outplayed by City, but beat them in the cup as well. You're talking there about probably the three best teams in Europe. So, yeah. so yeah. Like, Premier League yeah. teams are... I think there's a, there's, a significant, there's a significance in that stat that we haven't lost by more than one goal in a run of about 40-odd games. Your games, yeah. And... Uh, you know, we we have the we're seeded, so we get to play away first. And I think you know, if we if we can, if it's if it's level or or just one goal in it coming coming to um, coming to London Stadium under lights, I think I think it'll be a big atmosphere. I think we've got a chance against against anyone. So it's really a question of keeping it tight in that the old style, you know, um, European football. Keep it tight in that first game. Um, don't don't don't. It's not. There's no away goals anymore, is there? There's no, no away goals. No. Counts double. That's gone, hasn't it? Oh, brilliant! Um, I didn't know that. I think it yeah. will depend a lot as well on what happens a in January and b yeah. when when Zuma comes back and what he comes back like. Because yeah. they're not going to win it with Dawson playing every week. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the Burnley game uh, after these messages. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Uh, Welcome back to Stop Hammer Time. Jim, Jacob and Ollie alongside me. Um, Let's look at the Burnley game. Two points dropped here, do we think, Jim? Yes, definitely. Um, it was uh, a slightly familiar pattern in 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 that um, we've been saying so much this season that that decision making, some of the choices, some of the final delivery in in the final third, in the box, in and around the box, has has been a bit subpar, and. You know, we we dominated large swathes of the game. We looked dangerous breaking forward. Um, uh, Lanzini in the first half, Declan Rice, fantastically so in the in the second. Uh, time and again, you know, the the the, the was a poor cross, or somebody didn't look up, or somebody seemed to to, to get in the wrong space. Burnley defended well, and they always do, and you've got to give them credit for that. But we created enough openings or opportunities or good positions to have at least you know scored the one goal that would have that would have won it um pope made a couple of decent saves but um not kind of you know they they were they were at him weren't they really they were they were savable headers um and and uh we without um Fulnaus and um cresswell delivery at um Delivery at uh, corners wasn't as as good as it normally is. We had a lot of corners in the game, and if you have fourteen, I think it was, um, 
on current form, you expect us to score one of those, really, don't you? To be mm. honest, against whoever. So, yeah, I would I would say it was two two points drop, but it's an away point in the Premier League, and we know that the you know it's the old cliches, isn't it? No easy games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, um, Glenn Murray made the point. You you mentioned Cresswell. You know, Glenn Murray made the point that Antonio seems to be struggling without Cresswell mm. in the in the team. Um, is it a concern that Antonio is not scoring at the moment? I think I think he'll find his feet again uh, sooner rather than later because he Moyes will will either drop him or or give him a last ch- a last chance. But Moyes is definitely not gonna. He's not an idiot. He, he knows Antonio has been has been beneath his best recently, and he will he'll give him a kick up the backside, whether that's in the form of dropping him, resting him, taking him off early, or or just speaking to him. Jacob, I mean, Moy, the, the, I mean, Moyes was pretty clear, wasn't he, in the, the post-match comments? He said, once you set high standards, which a lot of them have, and they've seen the levels they can get to, I think some of them are playing below it. Some of them need to get back up to the high standards if they're going to remain in this position. I mean, that was, you know, you mentioned that there was clearly a veiled comment aimed at Yarmolenko, but I don't think that was anything to do with Yarmolenko on Sunday. No, no. I mean, he's pretty straight talking, isn't he, with uh, David Moyes? I don't think that he's the kind of manager who comes in and never really hides away and tries to cover stuff up in his analysis of um, an, an analysis of the game. He's never. I, I, well, we have seen him throw a player under the bus in in, in Declan Rice uh, in his first spell uh, when he the Arsenal game when he... Oh, yeah, where he ducked, yeah. You know, he's not going to... He doesn't come out and... I've never really seen him beyond that really come out and hammer an individual. But I think that probably what you're hearing in a press conference from him is pretty close to what he would be saying in the dressing room. And I think it's refreshing to hear the fact that he's not happy with an away point at Burnley, even though you can spin it as a positive result. It is on a weekend in which the teams around them well, one, it is a frustrating result um, against a team that they should probably be beating. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, as you're saying, I mean, he, I think that with him, I don't think that he would want to indulge what's happening with Antonio at the moment. Uh, it's just that that whole issue, isn't it? Of there is no replacement for him. Yeah. And you change the entire way that you're playing if you go with anyone else in there. It's just that it's that frustration, isn't it? Of I, I, in my head, I have a vision of Lingard being there. <laughs> then you can start playing in a little of a different way. And you could have, it, I think it would work a lot better with Bowen up front. Um, we saw that a couple of times last season when Lingard was there. It worked, it functioned all a little bit better. I don't think it would really work that well without, in the Premier League at least, without uh, without Lingard being there or, or a player of his quality. Um, and he was capable of doing it as well a little bit, wasn't he? At, at times, um, he just doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the potential to do that. I, I thought in, during the Brighton game, I thought that Antonio was playing within himself a little bit. I think he, I, I almost felt like he's holding himself back because he's playing every single week now. Um, yeah. Okay, we haven't we haven't seen the injury, but is that partly because he's not quite going at full pelt? Is he a bit knackered? I think there's an element of that where. He does just he just needs support, doesn't he? And and, and beyond and, and for us as well, there's no there's, we don't have a way of changing a game off the bench. There's just there isn't a striker who who comes on. I mean, I've got Aston Villa Norwich on over there, and if Watkins isn't doing it, they can at least bring Danny Ings on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so. You know, 
we've been crying out for that, you know, for so long. I think it's a worry if he's not scoring and you add into the fact that, you know, Ben Rama isn't scoring, um, Bowen is not prolific. Suchek. Suchek isn't scoring. Not scoring. Um, you know, that, that, that collectively is more of a, is more of a worry, I think. Um, uh, you know, you can't put it all on, on Antonio. I mean, I still think he's contributing. He's still doing things in games that, you know, I didn't think he had a, a bad game against Burnley. I just think there are moments where, and I don't, again, I, you know, I'm no, I'm no expert, but there are moments where you sense that if, if, um, if he'd been a striker all his life, you know, if he had those, those almost like that instinctive qualities that some strikers do, he just has to take up slightly different positions or make slightly different, uh, runs uh, or, or timing runs in, in 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 the box. There are a couple of times when we, there's a few, quite a few times we got round we got round the back of them relatively easy. Witnessed the number of corners, you know, was a kind of factor in that. Um, but time and again, it's so easy to blame the person who crosses the ball or plays the ball into the penalty box. But time and again, it just felt that the you know, runs were blocked off. People weren't quite available in the right spaces to pass to. Um, so, yeah, I think it's 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 it, it's only a worry if, if you know if other people don't don't contribute, and That's and thing, I think it? we are seeing that we miss Cresswell in terms of creativity, definitely. Well, Jacob, I was going to say Suchek, What was it last? He was he was the top scorer, wasn't he last season? Yeah, I got ten. Uh, ten, I think. Yeah, was that joint with Antonio? I think. Yeah. Both yeah. Suchek has. Two, two, two yeah. at the moment, and that is just you're taking out a lot of goals, uh, and, and I think he scored quite a lot of crucial goals mm. uh, last season, and you know that is the big miss at the moment for 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 West Ham because it's just points that aren't getting converted, and um, yeah. you know even even Lingard Lingard goes through, you know in in the uh, period after he joins on loan, he, he everything he was hitting was going in and it mm. was unsustainable. And some of the goals from an XG perspective, the statos will probably tell you <laughs> that's not happening again and everything. Um, but again, how many did he get? He got about, he got nine, didn't he? Yeah. Nine goals, I think. That's yeah. a lot. Oh, no, no. And someone, and Ben Rama hasn't stepped up in, no. in, in that fashion, has he? And the player who's come in, as we say as well, essentially in Lingard's spot is, is, is Vlasic and he <clears> hasn't scored yet. Yeah, I think you can chuck Rice into this discussion as well. Even though you know he's he's been brilliant, um, uh, a lot has been said that sort of you know he and Suchek have have a more fluid. Gonna he gets forward more. Suchek plays plays drops in and holds more than was the case when Suchek was scoring those goals where he was making more runs into the box. it's not. I don't think it's the case that they've neatly kind of just completely swapped around. It's just a th- it feels a little bit more fluid. But if Rice is making those breaks and getting into the into the box, he possibly needs to be scoring more um, as well. So I think you know it, it's uh, the Rice and Rice and Suchet between them four. I think mm. in the in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, they probably need to be scoring more than that between them uh, yeah. in a way as a combo. Um, and in a way, because you said correctly, Rice has been absolutely brilliant. I mean, virtually every week now you hear supporters of the other team just going, good grief. Yeah. I mean, he is in amazing form and he was outstanding again on Sunday. And in a way, 
it seems almost churlish to sort of go, yeah, but you could probably score a few more, Declan. Mm. He's, got, he's, he's got one in the league. Yeah. No, it's only one in the league. And, so yeah, one in the league and he scored... So three this week. Two in league. Europe, is it? Two yeah. in Europe yeah. and he scored yeah. for England as well. And if you're also, you're being... If you're being ultra-critical, the one that he scored in the league, I mean, I thought the keeper should have saved it. Yeah, definitely. Villa. Oh, the yeah. one at Villa, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, definitely. You know, he is getting into the box more. That is something that he needs to work on. But I would, you know, with him, I, I would expect it to eventually come because everything that people have said about him, any anything critical, very quickly it ends up being something they can't say anymore. You know, quite right. And with England, it was that he can't pass forward and everything. It's, well, no, he is just being played in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And you're totally right. I mean, I yeah. saw some comments after the game saying that, you know, this this is the kind of game that will frustrate Declan Rice, you know, that when he's so clearly the outstanding player on the park, um, you know, that and they failed to get something out of the game. Um, we should talk about the penalty. Uh it was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't anyway, in my opinion anyway, I can't I can't see a way in which you can but the way to look at it is if the referee had given a penalty and it was referred to VAR, I don't think it would have been overturned. I think that's possibly true. I think you might have been asked to go and look at it. I, I, I think it was one of those ones where I think you're probably right. It's not a clear and obvious error. I think Dawson kind of doesn't really have control of the ball and kind of jumps towards McNeil. Um, was it? Who was it? Was it? McNeil. 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 But he was kicked. He was kicked. I mean, whether he had control of the ball or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, would you describe it then, Jim, kicked. if he wasn't kicked? I, was I, well, there was, I, I screened penalty, obviously, watching it. Um, looking back at it a little bit more, I can see why the decision wasn't overturned, put it that way. Mm, mm. So it's like the soft signal in cricket, isn't it? So A little bit like that, yeah. If the referee yeah. had given it, they would not have overturned it. No. And I just, I, I did find it, I, I didn't, I was only, I only saw it two days later and I was waiting for a disastrous decision and I thought, I can't understand, given everything that you see happen with VAR, how that's possibly not being referred. Yeah. And, and, and being told to have a look at that. Um, you know, I was, at, I was at Chelsea Leeds on, um, on, on Saturday that was three penalties in that game. And okay, they were probably all penalties, mm-hmm. especially the one that he actually did have to get sent over to look at, which was the the uh, first Rudiger one where Rafinha completely cleaned him out. <laughs> it was so obvious. Um, and one of those where the fan, you know, the fans behind the goal have gone, it's a penalty. And mm-hmm. everybody in the ground is looking at it and going, that's a penalty. And the guy needs to get sent over to check whether or not it is it was the most obvious one but then Rudiger later on gets a little tap on the back from from click and he just throws himself down and that that's a penalty mm. and but the West Ham one isn't it's quite it's quite difficult it was weird. I mean obviously it was a it wasn't a, a, a terribly long leap that people took after it, which was looking at some of the decisions that were given, the uh, the Man well, City, the Madison one, the, well, the, the Madison one, one, the Man City right. one, where the guy it's hit the guy's armpit, and obviously it doesn't take yeah. too long for the conspiracy theorists to go, oh, I see, here we go again. It's the big teams get the the decisions. Oh well, I mean the Man City that 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 the handball where it hits his hits his ribs. I mean that's exactly what VAR is supposed to get right. Totally right. You know that that is a dreadful error. 
and it needs to be overturned. It's very, very, very clear. And they come up with these mealy mouth excuses that we didn't have a camp. It's like the one where um, it's not a penalty decision, but but the, the one where um, the ball out from 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 the back that led to Pogba's equaliser against us last season in Man yeah. United, but the ball goes about five yards out yeah. of play. I mean, yeah. actually sails over the top of Moyes' yeah. head on the you know. Um, uh, and they go, oh, well, we didn't really. But you could, you know, you can obviously see that it's got. Out. You don't have to have a kind of perfect camera angle down the down the touchline to see that that's gone out. Mm. Um, and they need to be just just need to kind of be a bit more decisive about those kinds of really obvious errors. That's the thing it's supposed to be. You know, the Madison thing is so blatant to die. Um, and it should be VAR should not only overturn the penalty; it should it should be able to say you know he needs to get a yellow card because he's thrown himself to the ground. Yeah, I, mean, um, I love that way they, they sort of justified it on match of the day, didn't they? Was it the cells? I think wasn't it? It was it that Madison threw himself at. Yeah, and and the, and what part of the argument was that you know the cells had when he left his leg out. Well, yeah, but he hadn't actually made any contact with Madison. I mean, you're not allowed to leave legs, are you? Then all of a sudden, I mean, clearly, if you're designed to trip somebody up, it's a totally different thing. I but think the stats show that um, I'm not sure how many it was last season, but penalties have just massive year on year. They've gone up hugely, and last season was with VAR below to them, wasn't it? more than there's ever been in the Premier League. I don't know what the stats are this this season, but obviously it's a talking point because every game it felt like on the weekend was being yeah. decided by by a penalty. As a, 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 I don't think that VAR itself is the issue. Um, I think that it's obviously just the way that it gets used. I mean, uh, it's very difficult to understand how you can have that technology and everybody can watch the replay and not see that Dawson was kicked. In the same way that when we're talking about clear and obvious, the, the length they went to, which was terrible when we were in the ground, to disallow the second goal... Against Brighton. Against Brighton, where still I don't think anybody's found an angle which decisively shows that Antonio touches it. Yeah. What has really been spoken about, that they didn't check. They never at any point went back to just look at the fact that Dawson was probably fouled for a minute. <laughs> they checked by for a foul by Dawson, but not on Dawson mm. by, by Lalana. And ultimately for West Ham, that means they're four points down. Um, they didn't play well against Brighton, didn't deserve to win, but they no. were... They would have been 2 0 up, and I think they would have won again. Oh, second goal was winning that game all day long, wasn't it? That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The four points down, they, you know, the league is so tight. There you go. Yeah. Maybe it would make the difference probably at the end of, at the, end of the season. Mm. Yeah. Well, we were that close to a Champions League space at the end of last season. Two, two points away, weren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, okay, well, let's look at um, let's look ahead at the uh, the next two games we've got coming up tomorrow night, uh, or probably by the time you're listening to this tonight. Um, Arsenal, uh, they've obviously been Aubameyang has been stripped to the captaincy. He won't be playing. He's their top scorer this season. Uh, those kind of things can galvanise a team, but it can also be a sign of a kind of malaise behind the scenes. It can go either way. Um, how many times in our last 28 meetings against Arsenal have we won? I'd say once. Very close, Jacob. Two. Um, you know, that we've we won two in our last 28. I mean, we've got no record there at all. Even, no, even okay, yeah. we've gone there in good form. Um, so I don't want to play. Okay, how, how do we see it going? Um, I think that 
they're at the moment they're in a state of beating the poorer teams. I think who did they? They thrashed Southampton over the weekend. Yeah. They they've, uh, they beat Newcastle comfortably, but they they lost four 0 to Liverpool. I think they look. Mm. It, it, I think it will depend how we play because they're not they're not on a, not an elite side by any means. But I think it will depend how if if Suchek, Rice, Benrahma, Bowen, Fournells, Antonio, if they're gonna take their chances and if we're going to create enough chances. And with Brighton, after the Brighton game, which Jacob rightly said we didn't deserve to win, yeah. we went to the Chelsea game slightly feeling, well, we won't, we won't tell it. And yeah. we really turned it on. I just wonder if there might be a bit of a bounce back because there is disappointment about not beating Burnley. Yeah. Uh, Jim, how do you see it going? Well, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, that what you say is how it will pan out. But obviously mindful, I've been to Ivory and to the Emirates so many times and been disappointed, even though at times we've played well. I mean, you know, we, there've been a number of games in recent. Well, both games last season. Where, both games last season. You know, we've yeah, we've played, we've played. Yeah, we never definitely didn't deserve to lose to lose that Enketia late late winner last last season. Um, we were three 0 up and well. chucked it away at home. Um, you know, you talk about Aubameyang, but I mean, I. Lacazette always worries me more anyway. Yeah. He's one of those players with a bit of a knack of scoring against us. And um, uh, well, they, they've got good players. Um, I, I agree with Ollie. I think I think um, they're they're at the moment we're we're in the league with them, just below the top three, aren't we? That we're in the next yeah. certainly next four with Man United, right. Spurs, Arsenal. Us, you could probably chuck in Leicester, maybe maybe Wolves into that into that group. Um, uh, so it's an important game because uh, win it and we put some clear blue water between us and them again so a lot of hanging on it uh, hopefully it will follow the pattern that, that we're not picking up the points against the oh, you know nominally lesser teams and, and, and um, picking them up against the better ones I think we'll go at them um, I think it will be uh, I think you know they'll, they'll, they'll be in a kind of intense physical encounter like all teams against us uh, you know hopefully set pieces will be more on song than they were against uh, against Burnley I, I you know I don't know I I think it'll be a draw but I I, I I'm you know I'm 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 looking for a good performance really more than the yeah I mean I'll go along with a lot of what's what's been said Arsenal are I think West Ham are, are an obviously good side and Arsenal are uh quite difficult to understand at the moment there are times when they can look like everything's about to come together for Arteta but a lot of the time that seems to come in, in games in which they're up against fairly mediocre opposition which to be said at the same time is, is something that West Ham haven't done this season Arsenal have been very good at putting away teams like Southampton and Aston Villa they, they Dean Smith's Aston Villa who they thrashed earlier this season um but at the same time, um, a lot of their, all those win, all their wins have more or less come against that. You put a caveat against their win over Spurs because that was Nuno's Spurs that they that they thrashed. You know they beat they they won well at Leicester, but uh, a lot of teams are winning at Leicester this season. They weren't. That's not the same Leicester side as as last season. They come up. They that's I think I think in the top ten, those are the wins that they've had so far you take them against the other, the rest of it and it's not really happened for them. So it's going to be, you know, it's very hard to understand what you're going to get from them. And you would have to think, you look at the name and you think, 
Arsenal away. That's a very intimidating fixture, but <laughs> I would I would imagine that they would be very nervous about going up against an on-song West Ham side. And yeah. I think that it probably is a game that suits West Ham a lot more than Burnley did, which is a weird thing to, to say, but it probably does. Moyes has had three goes at Arteta now because he it was the last game, obviously, before uh, lockdown and the pandemic and everything was the uh, Arsenal away game yeah. in March 2020. Yes, yeah. where again we played another one where... West Ham played them off the park, didn't they? And yep. only incredibly, ridiculously awful finishing from a variety of players. And, and yep. then a late VAR, which meant they, they lost that game. So it seems to me that taking in the two fixtures that Jim mentioned, obviously last season, that Moyes pretty much knows what he's doing against Arteta. But the, the, always the worry I think you have is that I reckon that if you were to give Moyes Arsenal's players, they'd be a much better side. Mm. And while they don't ever seem to be that convincing, they have players like Lacazette, Saka, Odegaard, who can suddenly just take the game away from West Ham if they're not ruthless. And mm. that's, the, that's the issue I think that you're going to get with, with West Ham is whether or not they're going to be ruthless. And yeah. um, and also they're, they're, defensively as well. Yeah, it. I was going to say that because, you know, although they beat Southampton comfortably in the end. Southampton had plenty of good chances in that in that game. Ramsdale had to make a number of saves, and they've been, you know, he's been a busy goalkeeper this this season, hasn't he? Um, uh, part of the reason he's sort of shining is he's got he's got, he's got quite a lot of work to do. So um, you'd hope we could get at them and create some chances. And this time, we, we just need to be a little bit more decisive, clinical make better choices right you know at the death really and i think that that's been a uh, that's that the a big feature of the season for me really uh, time and time again we come back to that um yeah i think it, i think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how moyes approaches it uh, defensively from west ham as well because obviously without the not only the center backs there but whether or not cresswell comes back he said mm. today that you know, they're, they're trying to push him to get fit for this game. And obviously he's important for so many reasons, um, both with the ball and without the ball, Cresswell. I, I would bet good money that if Cresswell was fit, it would be a back three. Mm. Yeah. Uh, without him, I don't think there's any way to, to do it unless you're dropping uh, Rice back into the into the back three, which seems to be something he doesn't want to do. If he didn't and counterproductive. Yeah. And, um, but you worry about, a back four of Masawaku, Diop, and Dawson, and, and I don't know. I was, going to, I, I was I was going to ask you about Diop Jacob. I was going to ask you about Diop Jacob because I, I feel he's played well this season. Um, but you, um, I'm, you know, how do you feel about him? Well, I think he's, I think he's done well. Um, I just it is just a step, and I think he's always done fairly well for West Ham. He's, He's just not quite, he's got the little brain freezes. I think he's got obviously <laughs> yeah. all the attributes, hasn't he? That, that yeah, you know, Jose Mourinho calls him a monster after that, and that was very yeah. soon after he yeah. joined West Ham. Yeah, so the potential is very clearly there, and he's still pretty yeah. And Moyes, yeah. I think, I reckon, I'm pretty sure to be honest, if Moyes didn't rate him, he would have sold him by now. Yes, um, yeah, and he's, I think, he Dawson and Diop played a huge part in them. They weren't a disaster last season. It is just no. an obvious step down from what uh, the, from from the partnership that they had before. Yes, yeah. Uh, Diop's header at Burnley, by the way, was brilliant. 
that that little flicked header where he he, he got in front of the, his marker um, and Pope had to save it was really really good actually. That was yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just I just don't trust Masawaku as a life back. Yeah. No, gosh, no. Um, <laughs> well, it's okay against Burnley away. He's going to be up against Saka on yeah Wednesday night. That is a worry. Um, uh, Norwich on Norwich on Saturday. The old West Ham. We'd be worried about this game, wouldn't we? But uh, it's not the old West Ham. Um, we should do Norwich, shouldn't we? Really, to put it bluntly. Yeah, we we, we definitely have to put Norwich away uh, by by a few goals, ideally as well. Just to sort of it, it's a it's an opportunity for a, a confidence builder, but at the same time, it has to be taken seriously. Dean Smith has, you know, he's. I don't know. They're better under him. Yeah, they steadied the ship. Would that be fair to say? You know, I mean, they don't. They don't look quite as hapless. No, they are. They are currently losing right now. Are they at home to Aston Villa? So that, oh, is, okay. that is quite hapless. <laughs> the, the Dean Smith. The Dean Smith derby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they were unlucky to lose to Man U. I thought. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think there's any. I really don't think there are any easy games. And I think um, there's a danger that, that, that you either get, I don't think of, of being consciously complacent or, or arrogant, but just some sense that, you know, after all the intensity of, of, and, and, the, and the frequency of the games and the level you have to keep playing at, to just psychologically see a game against Norwich as one in which obviously you are expected, you're expected to win and, and, if your if your levels are just down a little bit and they raise their game, you know it's it's never it's never that easy. I don't I don't mm. think, and we we don't actually at the moment have a have a have a track record. I know we beat a ten man uh, Villa four nil. Um, we don't have a track record of putting these teams to the sword, do we this season? Well, I think we mentioned um, that last time. If we could, we are going to be a yeah. genuine top six side. We yeah, have. we have to go and yeah. back to someone. You know that, that, that you know that's that's the big. You know, you look at the difference between, uh, you know, amazing again, we've got a positive goal difference for about the third time ever in the, in the Premier League. Um, but the goal difference of the three teams at the top is largely brought about by the fact they beat these teams four and five nil regularly and and, and um, they, their levels don't drop against them. They just are clinical and ruthless. And I, I think we've got to learn that somehow. I think we've got yeah. to... We've got to be uh, very often in those sorts of games. Liverpool, especially, are blitz teams for twenty minutes, don't they? Twenty minutes, and they're very often one or two nil up in, in in a quarter of an hour, and then the game becomes almost impossible for the for the team because their game plan is you know your Norwich's or your Southampton's game plan has probably been to keep it as tight for as long as possible and try and nick something. Um, the comparison as well would be that Spurs two weeks ago beat this Norwich team at home three nil. Yeah. Yes. This yeah. is a new manager. Obviously, a very good manager, but still, yeah. and, and not a great Spurs squad. But with enough. No, no, no. That it, it is a, a really genuine yo-yo Championship Premier League team, isn't it? They've, they've been up and down for about four seasons in a row now. So, so total yeah. number of total number of points this week. Then, uh, Jim, you seem to suggest four, didn't you? Think a draw against Arsenal. Number yeah, of points. I think we, I think we will beat Norwich, uh, but I, I, I don't see it necessarily being a, a comfortable win but I think we will beat them by the odd goal I'd, I'd love to see I'd love to see us uh, beat Arsenal um, but I, I just got a feeling that's going to be a 
be a score draw again. I was remembering the when uh, Paolo scored those two against uh, Arsenal, you know, on where he sort of sent um, Martin Kieran out to get a sort of, you know, a, an ice cream. You know, it was a oh, fantastic, yeah. you know. And um, the and that, that came after an awful long run where we just had a massive inferiority complex with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, you know, we, we in a way that we didn't have with, say, Manchester United, you know, as good as they were and all of that. It just seemed to be we had a problem with Arsenal. And I, and I always sort of, it does, it does make your heart a little bit sink as you think, here we go. And even when we've played well, like last year, you know, last season, and it doesn't work out. So, uh, you know, uh, sadly, I think we're going to lose to Arsenal, but beat Norwich. Uh, where are you going, Ollie? I think we'll beat both. I, I really do. I think it's it's been too long where most of our attack has not been firing. And I think the turnaround has to come at some point. And I think it'll be these these next couple of games. Jacob? Uh, I feel like um, this team has earned the trust. So they've beaten Chelsea and Liverpool in the last couple of weeks. And they're much better than Arsenal. So why can't they beat them? And then I would expect them to beat Norwich as well. It's it, flawless logic, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. Um, yeah, no, exactly. We have good players. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone. This has been Stop Hammer Time. I think Phil will be back next week. So it just leaves me to offer big thanks to Jacob Steinberg. Thank you. Ollie Sandell. Thank you. And Jim Grant. Cheerio. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.